0: You're listening to the Mommy Influencer Podcast, where we dive into motherhood social media marketing and hear from inspiring mommy influencers, brands, and industry experts to bring you the inside knowledge, tools, and strategies to grow your influence and in business through purposeful online content creation. I'm your host, Christy Keen, and I'm a Navy veteran and registered nurse turned stay at home mom turned full time motherhood influencer on track to be a six-figure earner this year through social media marketing alone. So come in and cozy up mamas and get ready to take your influence to the next level. Hello, mamas. I am super excited to chat with today's guest. She is an influencer, entrepreneur, and just all around powerhouse mama to Sophia El Rey. And not only does she have one of the most aesthetically inspiring feeds that I personally have seen, she also has the confidence to use her voice and platform to empower women through real and raw discussions. Um, So, Sophia, I, for one, have gotten to see you grow and transition your voice and your purpose in this space, and I am so proud of you, and I am so excited to chat with you today, and why don't you tell listeners a little bit more about who you are and what you do?
1: Okay, well, wow, what an introduction. That was (laughs) so thoughtful and kind. Um, Thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm really happy to just share my heart on here today and give some insight and hopefully some valuable tips um, for editing and preset stuff. And um, so, yeah, my name is Sophia. My middle name is El Rey, and I go by Sophia El Rey on my Instagram. We live here in Minnesota um, where it's winter most of the year. Oh my gosh. Um, and I love your accent. It's so cute. <laughs> That's funny. Like, I don't hear an accent, but I do hear that from people. They're like, I love your accent. I'm like, what accent? It's um, there and it's adorable. Yeah, my husband was recently deployed for a year. He just came back two weeks ago, so we are just kind of finding our new normal right now with our daughters. Um, Eloise is two, going on three. Beatrice is six, and we are overjoyed to have him back and just about to just enjoy summer. Yes, and
0: welcome home to your husband. I am a military wife as well, and The deployments that my husband does are not nearly as long as that one. So I Mm. just give you so much credit. It is not easy. And everything you do and doing it by yourself, like you deserve a trophy, mama. And we are just – I personally am so grateful and thankful for everything your husband does for us in our country. Oh, man.
1: Thank you. I really appreciate that. That's very thoughtful.
0: Let's dive right in. Like, how did you get started in this space and how did you get your first 10,000 followers?
1: Yeah, so we um, moved down to Alabama about uh, four years ago for my husband to do his helicopter training for the military. And while I was down there, um, I was away from my friends, away from my family, and I just had kind of this passion to start writing my motherhood journey because I wanted to find some community and support. I was feeling a little bit lonely, um, just trying to kind of find my village down there in a whole new place. So I started my blog and Instagram, which started out as Cultivate Motherhood. A lot of people still know me as that. Um, And I started my blog where I just started writing about the beauty and struggle of motherhood and hopes to connect with more women. I'm really, not thinking anything of it other than, oh, it feels really good to get this out in writing. And out of that, I just started connecting with a lot of mothers and started getting all these follows. So at first, it kind of freaked me out. I'm like, wow, I had no idea people would be interested. You know, it was kind of like, scary feeling like okay I'm putting all this out there for the world to see and people are interested and I just had no idea that would happen and so I would say as far as my following to 10k happened extremely organically than how growth is on Instagram now Um, Mm. I was steadily gaining hundreds each week and every week my numbers would climb and climb and climb until I got to 10k. And it was literally just by posting, sharing my blog, um, engaging with other accounts. Um, Story shares wasn't even a thing back then, because we didn't have stories. Um, And so it was organic growth, as organic as it could be. (laughs) I know we all miss that now.
0: Oh, I know. I love that. And I, I, it was it was a different time. Um, What year did you start your Instagram?
1: Well, my daughter was two, and she was born in 2013, so I want to say 2015.
0: Yeah, I know. It's crazy how much it's
1: changed since then. Oh, my goodness. And (laughs) I think that
0: was – yeah, but I think what – your timing was so perfect because – Prior to that, there wasn't really a lot of space for moms to come to to have these conversations and to feel like what they're feeling or talking about or day-to-day life is normal. So I think you kind of came on the scene right when people were really craving that and wanting people to open up about it, and Mm. you did it beautifully.
1: Yeah, thanks. I think it was also – Um, you know not as saturated as it is now Um, Mm -hmm, very true and so I kind of had an upper hand with growth because there just was not as many people on Instagram as there is now so yeah that's kind of a smooth sailing up to 10k to be honest
0: that's very lucky and very, very awesome for you. And you work really hard at the content that you create. So definitely worth every follower that comes your way. Like how I honestly am like, how is this girl not in the like 500,000s by now? Because I look at your page and everything that you put out and I'm just such a fan.
1: Mm, like you are that's amazing. That's so kind. Yeah. I mean, a question I asked myself too, but I don't know the answer to that. And I just have to believe that Whoever is following me and whoever is coming in needs to see what I'm doing and saying. Um, I think a lot of us question like, ah, where's the growth?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Especially right now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I think I've I've joked about this before, but... I'm pregnant right now, as you know. And before mm-hmm. it'd be like, if you were pregnant, that was like instant growth. Oh my no gosh, question yep. asked. And no, that that is not the case this time around. I'm like, well, okay.
1: <laughs> it is so different and that is so true. I mean, I was always that was part of it too. When I got pregnant, oh my gosh, it was like my Instagram exploded.
0: <laughs> right? People love <laughs> that pregnant people.
1: Yeah, that was almost three years ago now, and it's just different. So have have it is different it. and
0: I, I think it has forced people to have to be a little bit more strategic and intentional about what they're putting out there and how they're putting it out there. And so I think that's you know where people are trying to navigate now because it's not just sharing a feeling yes. or a pretty photo and getting the followers. it's you kind of have to come here with more of a purpose and to be more. So that's why I'm really trying to focus on purposeful online content creation with this podcast.
1: I love that. I couldn't agree more. And as frustrating as it is, all the changes that Instagram has made, I think we have had to dig deeper as influencers and say, why am I here? Who's my audience? Who cares? Like, what am I doing? Like, we have to dig so deep because it is so different. And in a way, that's a really beautiful thing. Um, I agree. It's just so different because for so long, the growth was so steady. I think we got caught up in the numbers and um, it's been hard to not have that as a focus anymore and say, look, what I'm putting out there, I feel passionate about and I feel is meaningful, even if that means I'm not growing like I want to.
0: And exactly. And that growth, one thing I always say to keep in mind, and it's frustrating that maybe following growth or engagement growth plateaus or halts or declines whatever anyone's case may be but when you do dig for the more purposeful content then your personal growth though you I mean I see a big change there in how I look at myself in this space and how I serve others in this space so yes you know even when it's frustrating there is that silver light and yes I know you have transitioned your content and messaging a lot since you started and you just have such a strong voice on this platform. And I would love to hear more about how transitioning that
1: content went for you and what the response Mm -hmm. has been. Yeah. Such an interesting, I feel like there's so many layers, but um, you know, when I started out, everyone did know me as cultivate motherhood. Um, I really focused on motherhood related topics. Um, shared a lot of photos of my daughters Um, and at some point there just was this longing in my heart to not put myself in a box of just motherhood Um, and speaking to mothers and just women in general, whether they were single, um, they were widowed, they were mothers. I just wanted that to not be just a box related to just motherhood. Um, my passion ever since I, I've been young has been empowering women to see their whole selves, um, chase after their whole selves, and what does that look like to um, find your whole self as a person and not just a mother, but who you are inside, what your passions are, what fuels that fire, um, all became really important things to me. And I think it's because, you know, when you become a mother, sometimes it is easy to lose the identity of who you were before being a mom. Mm -hmm. Would you agree? Oh, yeah.
0: 100%.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And so I just, you know, I'm sure I was feeling that too. And I just was feeling this other passion and desire to um, really start empowering women outside of motherhood as well. And that's when I began to shift my page um, and changed it to Sophia El Rey. Um, I really just wanted my first name. And um, I have done a lot of healing from trauma in my life Um, that has not been easy, Um, I would say, the past 10 years. um, I've either been in therapy, um, yoga, um, journaling, um, just a lot of um, reflecting inwardly and kind of processing that healing. And it was so transformative for me because I came from a background of sexual abuse. Um, I just was like, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to talk about. Um, I want women to know that they are not alone in sexual abuse and that that doesn't have to be something that rules over their heart, their mind, their sexuality, the rest of their lives, that there is power in opening up about these hard topics There's power and vulnerability. And I know we throw that word around like candy lately in this culture, but vulnerability is such a huge part of my journey. I think when you are able to share with another, you are opening up healing for another person. Maybe you're opening up healing for hundreds of people or just one person. It doesn't matter. But I always thought if I withhold my healing process, what if I'm withholding that from someone else? Yeah. And that's, it's, Number
0: one, I am so proud of how brave you are when you share all of these things. I just admire that. It takes a really courageous person. And I feel like God obviously had a calling on your life to share the message that you have.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: You know, with being vulnerable and sharing that message, I think you hit the nail on the head. It's almost like selfish not if you didn't share, you know, if you knew that yeah. you could help someone else and you have this platform and the ability yes. to help somebody else heal, you know, it almost be selfish to keep that to yourself even, but with the content and, and the topics that you talk about, I, I would understand how that would be really, really scary for some people to openly put out in the world. So I know so many women definitely appreciate your candor with that.
1: Mm. Yeah. I mean, I, I was scared to kind of start this direction. I was scared to kind of open up about these things, but I I felt the courage and bravery to do it. But nonetheless, I was scared of what people would think, how people would respond. And once I started opening up very raw conversations in my stories, which I still do to this day, we talk about so many things that people are like, wow, I can't believe you're talking about that. I'm like, yep, we're going there. I love it. Um, Like we're going there, but people are participating in these conversations. People are writing in hundreds of people. And it's like, that's what's keeping me going. And also just like amping that fire inside me to be like, yes, this is the direction I want to take. Maybe it would be so different from someone else, but I have this following. I have this passion in me to help women, to help humanity. Like it's just, it's so deep in me and so meaningful to me. Um, And so it's just like, it's an honor that I get to do this type of work and that I get to create this safe space for people to be seen and heard because that's exactly what I needed. I just needed to be seen and heard no matter how traumatic it was, no matter how painful it was. So it's more like lately I just feel such a deep honor that I get to cultivate this space for women to like feel safe in their sexuality, to feel safe in their gender, like to feel safe in their anxiety and postpartum depression, like all of those things matter so deeply. They do. And you know what?
0: You do it so beautifully and naturally. I think that's just something that really sets you apart, like I don't know what it is, but you just have an energy about you. It's almost like a modern-day Marilyn Monroe or one of those classic oh, – Best know, compliment you ever. Know, I mean, seriously, that is what I think about when, when I see you. I'm like, oh, you just have this classic female empowerment, just gorgeous energy, and it radiates from you naturally and authentically. Because sometimes, mm, you know, sometimes you. it's not – you might – the women empowerment is – it's so, so important. And it just, for some, you just do it so beautifully. I just can't compliment you enough about what you're doing. And I'm so here for the messages that you are putting out there to the world lately. I just love seeing women come together and feel okay to talk about sexuality and Uh, life after babies. Cause
1: it definitely changes
0: as a mom too. Like.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. And I think it's like, these are like such taboo subjects and they shouldn't be like, they just shouldn't be. These are normal parts of who we are, how we express ourselves, how we move through our life, through our body. Like I just I want to normalize these topics. And I think
0: just as when we were talking about earlier, just your timing and what content people are craving and you just being this light at a really great timing for it is mm. is really awesome too. Because I think right now people moms especially and women especially are craving that vulnerability that realness and that raw let's let's dig past all the pretty pictures and let's you know go a little deeper so I appreciate all that you're doing Mm -hmm. with
1: that yeah there's so many influencers doing that too and I so appreciate that
0: yeah it's great like it's like I said it's not a bad thing that everyone's being forced to be yeah a little more intentional and purposeful because it's It's sparking all these really beautiful conversations and feelings, Uh, and I love it. Fully believe that. And I know I just mentioned people getting past the pretty pictures to dig deeper, but you are someone who creates stunning, stunning photography, and you're someone who's been really smart about diversifying your income in this space. Mm -hmm. And I know you do a lot of really content-rich brand work as Mm -hmm. well as have a thriving essential oils business on here and you Mm -hmm. sell presets. Mm -hmm. So I think it'd be super helpful to share what your money mindset is in this space and how it's kind of changed your life.
1: Uh, Yes, it literally has changed our life. Um, I never saw myself as a working mom. Um, I always had this idea in my head that I would just be a stay-at-home mom. That was kind of like my desire and my passion. But um, once I started my blog and my Instagram and kind of was just finding all these interests and things that I was loving this outlet for creativity, I was very drawn to work but loving the idea that I got to still do it at home with my babies. Yes. And then never, ever imagined the type of income I could make Working literally maybe ten hours a week. That's I mean, amazing. Honestly, like creating I always I always tell people like that say like, Oh, you just share the pretty pictures. It's like I share the realness in my words, but nobody wants to see the crumbs under my couch. And nobody followed me on Instagram because I shared crumbs under my couch. Like for me, photography, art, like expressing who I am through photos is a form of art and is my outlet for creativity. I'll never stop taking beautiful pictures because it sparks joy in my heart. Um, And it's a part of who I am and the part of the art that I'm putting out there. Um, And so I think there's many ways to stay real and authentic through your words and through your stories and discussions, but that you don't have to take away that photography and just share you know, pictures of your dirty house or, and if you do, I think that's amazing. Like you have to do what you want to do, but I feel so comfortable like putting that art form out there and just feeling really creative in that. Um, and so I just thought I wanted to be smart. It's like, I'm a businesswoman now. (laughs) Like I want to be smart with my income. And I was like, what if Instagram goes away tomorrow? Where's my money coming from? You know, what am I doing to have residual income if I don't have those brand partnerships anymore. Um, I have always been interested in editing. It's probably one of my most favorite things that I do on Instagram, whether that's working with a brand or just doing my own photography. Editing is life-giving to me. It's so fun. It's so creative. And so, you know, presets, I don't know. They began to be like a huge thing, I'd say, like two years ago. A lot of people didn't even know what they were, and I started using them, and I just couldn't believe how easy it was to take your feed from, like, whatever, dark and kind of boring, should I say, I don't know, and just, like, one click in your feed is transformed. Um, And I was just really intrigued by that, and I just started um, learning about Lightroom, uh, watching videos, YouTube videos, and I remember just making my first presets and people just saying like, how are you editing your photos and blah, blah, blah. And I thought, gosh, I should start selling these. Well, I mean, two years later, I have over, I think like 15 presets now for sale. Um, And they so are different options. stunning. They are Thank so you. beautiful. I, I like still need that. to
0: get hands on them. Like I actually use, I didn't know. I don't know if you know this. I use, um, there was an app, you mentioned Malibu Presets, I think it's called. Yes. Yep. And you had some presets in there. So I actually subscribed to you so I could oh, use awesome. them for the videos yes. because so I cool. am
1: just such a fan. Thank you so much. Yeah, the presets have been um, really fun and creative for me to do, but I never anticipated how many people would be interested in my presets. It's been like, such a joy and honor to see that. Um, last year, I made over thirty thousand dollars in sales on my presets. Wow! Um, and I never, I never thought that that would be a thing, you know. And I'm, you know, looking to double and triple that this year. Um, that is amazing. It's yeah, it's such a huge like blessing for my family. And so I have the preset sales. I have my brand partnerships um, with Instagram, and I always like to tell myself I started out my first paid post was $80. And I thought that was just amazing. I was so excited to create a photo and get paid $80. And I mean, it was just, I learned so much along the way. And through really just asking other influencers. I mean, it's just kind of, I didn't know, I just kept asking questions. And you know, now I'm up to 850, 1000, just one photo. And so I like to tell people, like, just start somewhere. Like, if someone offers you $50, $80, take it. Like, that's, that's amazing. And it can only just keep going up from there. If you're putting out good content, if you're, you know, engaging with your audience, all those things, like, you have to start somewhere. And that's just, like, such a beautiful thing for me to look at and see where I was and where I've gone. Um, Exactly.
0: And everybody's, like you said, everybody starts somewhere. And so smaller campaigns in the beginning, if you're somebody who's listening and just starting out, whether it's free product, or maybe less money than you were anticipating when you're starting out, that's a great time for you to practice honing in on your photography and your editing and content creation. Because I think people see it on Instagram as being a little bit easier than you mm. think of it as easy money, but they can go to your feed right now and see, like I said, you produce really content rich material for these brands. And mm, thank you. That's very valuable for them. So mm-hmm. and I'm sure it didn't start out that I'm sure your first brand post probably was didn't start paid. out working the same either. And, okay, yeah. So it's it's definitely a marathon, not a sprint, like they say. Yeah.
1: Just start out with what you have and work, work your way up. Take that free t-shirt and post about it in a meaningful way. Um, and an excited way too, right? Like be excited. Like don't take, don't don't do it if you're
0: not excited about it. And when you are excited about it and just grateful, the opportunities just start to come.
1: Yes, and be kind and courteous to the brands that you're working with. I really do feel that that makes a difference because they could come around two months later and ask you to work with them again. They could ask you to come on for a full year and work with them. So I think it's so important that we're excited about the things we're promoting, but also that we're like just super kind and courteous to the brands we're working with so that we can have the potential of working with them again or on an ongoing, you know, rate. Like, that's amazing. Exactly. And I think
0: people who would be tuning into this podcast are definitely thinking of their social media, whether it's Instagram, YouTube, um, whatever their platform of choice is. I think they're thinking of it as a business. So, you know, when you are working with these brands, you want to, you know, respond and deliver like you are a business right back to them and very respectfully. And I am, I'm sure you do a great job at that.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's a very important piece.
0: I'm just thrilled with all the success you're having business-wise for your family and how this is able to bless your family. And with the presets, I am not even surprised that those are taking off like they are because they really can transform a feed to be really artsy and feminine and cohesive. Mm -hmm. And whether or not people want to believe it, a cohesive feed is important on Instagram right now. I think it's something that if you are treating your Instagram like a business, brands are looking at that. And yes. the beauty of stories is that gives you a place to kind of take down the filters and mm-hmm. be a little bit more real and raw. But I think people still are craving the pretty pictures mm-hmm. and um, – the beautiful, cohesive feeds. So I'd love for you to dive into your top tip for Instagram aesthetics because this is where you are queen. Like your content, your photography, having a co- cohesive feed and how you put it all together. Like tell tell the listener, somebody who has no idea where to even begin, what you would do, like start to finish to make a cohesive feed. Go from no cohesion to a beautifully, aesthetically pleasing feed
1: yeah so fun um i love talking about stuff like this um so i would say start out with an app Um, there are so many planoli preview snug where you can see all of your photos laid out in front of your eyes and it's like a puzzle you can move them around um, you can see which photo works best Um, this is something i still do to this day because i do think picture placement is important Um, If you are using your feed as a business for brands to look at, Um, and then I would say invest in um, camera equipment. And if you don't have the money to invest in camera equipment, I started out taking photos on my iPhone and I did that for two years straight. And I was able to deliver some amazing content because our phones are so nice now, especially the cameras. Oh, yeah. um, That get to know your phone, get to know the angles, um, practice, practice, practice. Um, when I first got my camera, it sat in my closet for three months. I was like so scared to use it because I had never, I'd always shot on my phone. Um, again, I watched videos. I practiced. I would just go out in my yard and shoot leaves and flowers and get to know my camera. And little by little by little, I got to know my camera. And now I feel incredibly comfortable with my camera. Um if you are using a camera, I think um a lens, a good lens is so important. I'd almost say, you know, if you need to spend more on a lens, that's more worth it than the actual body of a camera. Maybe not everyone would agree with me, but that's just what I found. I agree. I represent um, there. Yeah, the lens can be a total game changer. And so I would say so those two tips and my third would be, um, invest in a preset, whether that's mine or not. Um, you want to find a preset that just jives with who you are. So think about the colors that you're drawn to. When I think of you, Chrissy, I think of pink, you know, who doesn't (laughs) peach and pink, you know, it's just very whimsical and feminine. And so, you know, in your case, you're gonna be drawn to those types of tones and you're gonna want those tones in a preset. Um, And so really think about the colors that you crave and love. Think about the style of photos you put out there. Someone who's just shooting their house that's primarily white and minimalistic, you're not gonna be going for this peachy, you know, punchy preset. You're probably gonna want something more clean with clean lines, you know, bright white, there's so many presets out there. And the beauty of my presets is I've created so many for so many different types of feeds. Um, And so yeah, just think about your color scheme. Think about um, what you love, what you're shooting. I think that's super important. Is there anything else I'm not touching on? No, I think you did a good job. Well, I,
0: I know another thing I had a question about. Once you get your photos the way you want them to look, do you have anything that you do to organize your feed? Like I use a Planoly app to kind of see where my pictures go or do you just kind of go day by day since you use the preset and everything so um, similar?
1: Yeah, so I would say um, when I can, we'll take a day out of the week to shoot several different either campaigns or just photos for the feed rather than spreading it out all week. And then once I've applied my presets to those photos, I then edit them in Snapseed and Facetune because Facetune has a paintbrush in it that I love and use for all of my photos. And also it has, um, it's Facetune too, I believe you have to pay for it, where you can brighten the eyes, um, bring the color back into the eyes, where you can smooth the skin um, and then I bring it into Snapseed. Um, they also have a paintbrush for exposure um, where you can decrease exposure in some areas or increase. And then after that, I bring my photos into preview, which is probably similar to Planoly or Snug. And I look at how my photos are laid out. And I it's like a puzzle. I just move them around and see where I want my photos to be placed. And that helps me stay organized. And then I also usually take a day to pre-write some of my captions so that I'm not having to come up with captions like all the time because we all know that it can be kind of stressful sometimes to oh yeah, come up with something. And so I think it's a great way to be organized, um, kind of see everything and have a plan for the week, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I'm sure batching, it helps just time-wise too. We're all
0: moms and have kids so you know, we don't, I think people have a misconception that we're on our phones all the time because they see a new post every day. And especially, you know, your posts are so artistic and beautiful that they must think that you spend all of your time doing that. When in reality, you just are very smart about it and very strategic about it where you can get it all done Mm -hmm. and then have time with your family.
1: Absolutely. I, I feel like I've had to find the balance with that because I can't be shooting you know, in the morning, in the afternoon, and then it's just life is busy with kids as it is. And, you know, obviously their needs come first. And so I think it is important if you want to make this your business to have a plan, even for that week, to have a plan for what you want to talk about, a plan for what you want to shoot. And can you do that in the day instead of spreading it out into four days? And um, I think the more you practice editing, the faster you become at it. Um, I feel like for me, my editing has, it's pretty fast. A lot of people would probably be like, oh, I'm sure that takes forever. Nope, probably takes me about 10 minutes. It's really fast. Um, And so yeah, practice, practice, and you just keep getting better at that skill and continually learning, of course, too.
0: And especially now with presets, I think that's the number one investment you can make into kind of your concept creation time management, because once you find a preset that really matches what you want and how you want your pictures to look and tweak it the way, you know, you just tweak them just a little bit, it's really just one click every time yes. you get the photo. And It's amazing. It, it's a game changer. I, I love presets. I look back and remember when Instagram was just like the little filters you could pick from the Instagram <laughs> app and just how yeah. far it's come. And <laughs> it your apps amazing. are actually super reasonably priced i was looking at them and
1: oh, yeah like, i'm glad to hear that
0: yeah they're very reasonably priced i think i mean I, most of them look like they were about 30 dollars.
1: yeah so i have them for mobile and desktop Okay, um, and the ones for the phones are a little bit cheaper than desktop um, i think those and, were
0: the 30 dollars, right
1: yeah because all you need is the lightroom app which is free um and then you're just able to plug that Uh, preset right into your phone. Um, Whereas if you have Lightroom on your desktop, you do have to pay for it because there's a lot more features that you're able to use. Um, Mm -hmm. And I always recommend that for people that are shooting on a camera. Um, But most of my preset sales are for phones because most of my audience are moms and they're editing on their phones and taking photos on their phones. And it works
0: so great. It's, I just think we live in an amazing time where we can just pull out this device from our back pocket and capture these gorgeous memories of our families. And yes, you know, I, it really becomes a passion too. I think once people really hone in on how to take a picture, even not even taking the picture, if they hone in on just how to edit the picture the way they like it. It just changes yes. their entire passion for photography and their capabilities and, and just what they can do.
1: Yeah. yeah, I think it's a great way to be more visible to brands. Like you said, if you're looking at it as a business, you, know, you want to do everything you can to make sure you're putting out your best content. And I think a preset is a wonderful way to make your feed just pop and stand out among others.
0: Yes, and I will definitely be linking your um, podcast – Or sorry, I will be linking your preset shop in the show notes here so people can go over and check those out. And one of my Thank favorite you. things to do when you find um, a preset is I love looking up the hashtag for the preset because, um, yeah. you know, it's, it's easy to think – To see your feed and be like, well, her feed looks beautiful with this presets, but this is what she (laughs) does. I love to look up the hashtag. Is it just Sophia L. Ray presets, right? Is your
1: hashtag? Yeah. So I think there's like 3,000 photos under that hashtag and you can see so many different types of presets because like I said, I do have quite a few. Um, but it's a wonderful way to see how the presets look on other people's yes feeds versus mine because we all edit differently we're all shooting on something different um, yeah so I always encourage people to use that hashtag because I love seeing my work on someone's photos um, you have to be wonderful. so proud <laughs> like it's, it's a really cool feeling I love it yeah I know when I clicked over I was like oh I'm so proud of her
0: like this there's a lot of people. Yeah. using these presets and their feeds look stunning. It's I mean oh, thank you. I want to do That's a little really trial nice. feed with it with the Sophia El rey because they're so gorgeous.
1: Oh thank you. I appreciate that. It's been really fun and creative for me and um, I'm just really glad I said yes to doing it. That is
0: awesome. So with the ending of the podcast, I like to ask influencers the same series of questions just in rapid fire succession. Okay. Okay. My first question is the one that is my favorite and it is what do you
1: influence that you are most proud of? Women, just empowering them. I I love that. It, It makes me feel alive. I
0: love that. And you do an amazing job at it. And how much time do you dedicate to social media? And what is your biggest time management tip?
1: Every day is different, I would say, depending on what's going on. Um, I would say I dedicate probably eight to ten hours to my business a week, sometimes a little bit different if I'm going on. And for that tip that you talked about, I would say get your app, preview Planoly Snug, pre-write your captions, take a day to shoot your photos, don't spread it all out so that you have a plan for your week right when you come off the weekend. So smart.
0: And is there a
1: mistake you've made
0: somewhere along your journey in being a mommy influencer and vlogger or
1: something you would go back and change if you could? I spent years comparing myself to other people, to people growing at a rapid pace, people putting out more creative content than I thought or people traveling the world. Um, I feel like when I really honed in on why I was here. I just had to keep asking myself that. What is my purpose? I feel like it helped me stop being distracted by what everyone else was doing and focus on what I was putting out there and what it meant to me.
0: Yes, I cannot agree more with that. And it is something that I don't know anybody who hasn't struggled with in this space. And it is just such a release of a weight when when you're able to start taking your guard down there and stop comparing little by little. And yes, that's great advice. And then biggest advice for someone starting from zero followers?
1: You have to start somewhere. And I know that that sounds so like boring and silly, but you have to start somewhere. Just put it out there. Put yourself out there, but no who your audience is, know what you want to put out there and know who you are. Like those three things, like don't start without that.
0: Yes. Purposeful content creation. Have some
1: intentional (laughs) purpose
0: and then the rest will come. I love it. And then finally, I think we touched on this obviously a little bit just um, for what the subject matter of the podcast episode was, but People always love to know gear. So what camera you're shooting on or any lens you particularly love. And um, obviously your presets are probably your favorite preset, but just any other gear or app that make your life in this space easier.
1: Um, I'm obsessed with my Nikon camera. It's a Nikon D750. Um, I have a 35mm lens. I've been super happy with that lens because – it's a pretty multifunctional lens as far as portraits and landscape. Um, I've been really happy with that setup. Um, for other ways that I'm editing other than my presets, I think I mentioned the app Snapseed and the app Facetune 2 are my most favorite and used apps on my phone. And other, I have never used a tripod, so... I should probably oh, practice really? with that. I've, I've never, How do you get ever, the
0: pictures of yourself?
1: I Whoever is around, whoever can help me. I've had babysitters help me. i have my husband. My grandmother takes pictures. My mom, my dad, friends. So many people take my photos. I set the camera up for them. I set up the settings and just tell them what to do. And I think, I yeah, a lot of people don't know that, but I've never used a tripod. If it's pictures of my girls and I'm not in it, I am taking the photo. But other than that, Whoever's available helps me.
0: That's awesome. You must yeah. be a really good teacher too, because I feel like the framing <laughs> and everything is is so great. Like you wouldn't know it's just you know your babysitter or something. So that's that's good advice.
1: Yes, I would say I have to give a lot of credit to my camera. Amen.
0: It's just a, a good, really good a good one.
1: lens too. Yes. Just yes. I'm
0: Absolutely. the same way. My 35 stays on my camera a hundred percent of the time. Yeah. I just yeah. I started with a 50. I think a 50 is a really great starting that's point and an affordable starting point. Yeah, it's just get to get an it's appreciation a of photography. That's like a great starting lens, but once you're able to justify that bump to get the 35, it <laughs> it definitely is worth it. I love it. I agree. Well, Sophia, this has been such an amazing chat and I can't wait to see what people do with their feeds after hearing your tips. And why don't you tell people where they can find you?
1: (laughs) So my Instagram handle is Sophia.ElRae, which is E-L-R-A-E. You can find my blog and my presets at www.cultivatemotherhood.com.
0: I love it. And I will be linking all of that in the show notes here for you guys. And Sophia, again, thank you so much. I have loved getting to know you over the past couple of years. And like I said, I am just so proud of you. And I have loved watching your voice just transition and transform to empower so many women. And just the fact that you've always been somebody who's really open to share and help other moms in this space rather than keep Keep your secrets and tips tucked to heart, I think, yeah. that people really notice that and appreciate it. So I definitely appreciate you.
1: Well, Chrissy, thank you for having me. Um, it was an honor and so fun to just chat. And to anyone listening today, I hope that either today or someday you feel so heard and seen um, and loved. That Aww. is my greatest hope for women. Oh, that is amazing. Thank you so much, Sophia.
0: Thanks for having me. I hope my conversation with Sophia today inspired you to make beautiful aesthetic content while first keeping in mind your messaging and your purpose on whatever your choice of platform is. I just think it is so beautiful when you're able to blend the two and create something that you're really proud of. If you liked today's episode, please subscribe and leave a five-star review. And as always, please head over to the Mommy Influencer Podcast Insiders Group on Facebook so that we can continue the conversation a little bit further. I would love to hear what presets you are loving, what your editing tips are, how any of you have transitioned your message since day one. And as always, I appreciate you guys showing up for me and I am just so happy to be here and pour into you each and every week. Bye you guys.